It says, as a toddler, Donald Trump was earning more than many adults, $200,000 a year from his father Fred's businesses. He was a millionaire by age eight and continued receiving money well into adulthood. But he and his family avoided big tax hits on much of it via questionable schemes, according to the Times. Well, maybe maybe it's like block towers he built as a toddler were really, really impressive. Illegal schemes or just pushing the limits of the tax law? That's what that's what I'd like to know. Yeah. Talking about Donald Trump, of course. Um, and also the big FBI report, a lot of rumors swirling. It's coming out today. Republicans are arguing to have it released to the public. Democrats are arguing to keep it quiet. Is there a reason for that? Wow. We'll, we'll stay tuned. More on yeah. that coming up. So the uh, the lead in the New York Times, the president has long sold himself as a self-made billionaire, but a Times investigation found that he received at least $413 million in today's dollars from his father's real estate empire, much of it through tax dodges in the 1990s. Uh, we've had a long association with tax attorney Stephen Moskowitz. He's advised us uh, for years on a number of things and uh, been a sponsor as well and joins us now. Hey, Steve, how are you? Great. Thanks for inviting me this morning, guys. It's always a pleasure. I'm a big fan of tax dodges as long as I don't end up in jail or fine because of them. <laughs> a dodge. So, well, so dodge. The you whole know. idea of tax, there's a tremendous difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. It's an old joke, but it's true. The difference is a felony. And if it's tax avoidance, it's fine. But first, if I have to go present a case to the IRS, they are very concerned that they receive authentic documents. My first thing as a defense attorney, I would say to New York Times, well, wait a minute. Are these documents even accurate, right? Did somebody with an axe to grind make some things up? So I'd start with that. The next thing is valuations. And there's a big difference with experts. This comes up all the time with estate planning. How much is a building worth? There's a big difference in opinions. And next, you take a look at things like suppose Billy Gates calls you guys up after the show day and says, guys, he enjoys listening to your show so much, he's giving each one of you a billion dollars equity in domestic real property. Finally. You know what? Uh, first of all, much well-deserved. But, you know, <laughs> you have no reporting requirements. There's no income tax on that. There's no gift tax on that from you. That's all on the donor. So suppose wow. on Billy's gift tax return, he doesn't report it at all, or he values it $100,000. That's his problem. It has nothing to do with you. Not to mention the fact, here, the state of New York and the IRS went over these returns with a fine-tooth comb. They didn't have the problems that the New York Times is having, and they had the actual records. So again, as a defense attorney, there's an awful lot of things that I question about this report. Right. Interesting. And I guess the valuation of real estate was one of the, the things that the Times talked about a great deal. Uh, one of the most important things we've learned uh, working with you through the years, Stephen, is how much gray area there is in tax law and how you've got uh, 10 court cases say this and 11 say the opposite. And, you know, which is why you stay employed. And I see the New York Times described uh, Trump, the president, and his siblings set up sham corporations to disguise millions of dollars in gifts. Uh, Sham corporations, is that maybe in the eye of the beholder? Indeed. And that's an ugly term because businesses, regular, normal clients set up corporations all the time for business purposes. Some of the times those business purposes work out. Sometimes they don't. There's a ton of them around. And, and again, for somebody else to say, well, that's a sham, no, no, no. 
again, there's all types of innuendos here and things. I would want to, as, as an attorney, I would say, okay, well, what are the facts? And that's part of the problem I have with this. And again, in our tax law, remember, there's two purposes to it. One is the one we all know about, collecting money. But the other one is the government gives us all kinds of incentives to do things that the government thinks is good for economy. Look at the current tax law. The current tax law gave so many advantages to real property owners. For example, you can write off in one year property that has a useful life of 20 years or less. That's a tremendous advantage. And the advantages go on and on and on. Even if you talk about selling a property, it's capital gains instead of ordinary income. The Congress, in their infinite wisdom, has given so many advantages to people that have commercial real estate. You know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, somebody say, hey, look, that guy sold the building. He paid less tax than a guy that earned it in salary. But yes, there was a law that said you could do it. So this story could be more about pointing out that Trump got more help from his family than he's ever wanted to admit. By the way, like every rich person I've ever known, they they, they always downplay the amount of help that they got in their, in their lives. Um, uh, <laughs> it's all self-made. Um, uh, for, for, the, reason. for the record, when we were young and poor, Stephen, uh, my mom won a washing machine at the local grocery store in a raffle, and she gave it to me and Judy. So I just want that out there. But so that she I understand. Probably... And, and when I was in school driving a cab, I, I was a poor boy, too. Well, I'm, my mom probably owes tax on that, and I'm going to call the IRS Have after, call the me after the show. But <laughs> so the he got more help than he has admitted is one story, but that's not illegal. Uh, might be damaging to his ego. The tax part, you say, you'd need a lot more information before you determine that's a problem. A lot more. Real documents. There's two sides to the story. We don't know how accurate any of these leaked documents are. And again, there's all kinds of incentives. And again, I keep going back to the IRS and the state of New York were okay with it. So what does the New York Times think they know from these leaked documents that the IRS doing an actual investigation at the time with the real transactions didn't see. Come on. Yeah, yeah, good point. So final question uh, for Stephen Moskowitz, as long as you're uh, with us on the air. What is the hot issue uh, in tax right now that you talk to clients about that people might want to know about? My personal favorite, Internal Revenue Code Section 199A. If you qualify, you get to pay tax on only 80% of your profit instead of 100%. Qualifying for that, it's super important. Yipes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Stephen is available at one triple eight tax deal and a good friend of the show. Stephen, it's always a pleasure. Thanks. He might be the most interesting tax attorney in America. He loves tax law like right. I love rock and roll. Right, right, or sex. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and he's so enthusiastic about it is the great I know. part. Yeah. I know, and he's got so yeah. many good stories about it. And then, yeah. then you throw in the driving a cab as a young man and. Yeah, oh yeah, plenty of good stories. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I, I can understand, and this that's fair game, I suppose. Going after the whole self-made man thing and pointing out how much you know he may have gotten from the family throughout his sure, life. Sure, I'd say that's a legitimate political story. I'm not sure how much effect that will have on anyone other than Trump. <laughs> Boy, they they exam they claim to have examined more than a hundred thousand pages of documents describing inner workings and immense profitability of the Fred Trump empire. Tens of thousands of pages of confidential records, bank statements, financial audits, accounting ledger. Where'd they get all this stuff? Hmm. Most notably, the documents include more than 200 tax returns from Fred Trump, his companies, and various Trump partnerships and trusts. 
Um, the, the tax, not the president's personal tax returns, however. We've been talking about this, since, well, going back to Mitt Romney and ever since Trump declared. It's just so troubling the way wealthy people get treated in the press. Remember the giant tax story when Trump was just a candidate about he, how he wrote off all the, the losses on those buildings, right. which was completely legal, but was yeah. a giant story for a couple of days. And Hillary Clinton talked about it, and people talked about it. Nobody suggested changing the law, because they're all rich and taking advantage of the very same tax laws. Sure. But everybody yeah. acted like, oh my God, he wrote off this, he didn't even pay any taxes. Perfectly legal. Hillary Clinton didn't say, and we need to change that. No, of course she didn't. Because yeah. that's what they do with their properties also which reminds me of one of my favorite dodges when a business person ever runs for office and then he fired 11 people at his business i didn't know what i was gonna do i uh i had no job i had no money and it was mitt romney who did it to me mitt romney fires people i mean it's just well that's politics all's fair Anywho, yeah. we'll see if that becomes an issue or not. I don't doubt for a single second old Fred Trump and, and his offspring employed the most devious and clever sure, attorneys and, and and accountants and all, and they pushed it to the edge. Right. But the fact that the city and state of New York and the federal government went over all of it at the time, I don't know. And we'll see. I assume people are looking into this, and if anything illegal is done, we'll find out. Although, let's keep in mind what's going on here. People who hate Trump loved reading that in the New York Times and will continue to subscribe. People who like Trump and think this is all a little thin, eh, they thought that going on in and will think that going out. It's so all that, entertainment. That FBI report coming out, Marshall's going to have the latest on that in his news. It could be out today. Where Are we going to hear about it or not is kind of an interesting back and forth. And what are the reasons... For the arguments on either side. Yeah, I've got a fair amount on that. Love Stay to get tuned it. to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ben and Jerry's ice cream recently helped a New York man propose to his girlfriend in a grocery store by creating a special label reading Marry Me Mint, which was a pretty big F you to all the recently dumped people perusing the ice cream aisle. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, unfortunate. You're down on your luck, shuffling through the aisle in your slippers, just wanting some relief. Boy, ice cream's one of those things that I've just had to uh, push away from my life. God, I haven't had any ice cream in years. I love it. Every time I have ice cream. Judy and I will get a cone sometimes. Oh, it's great. We're driving through some charming little tourist town, the mountains or something. We'll ice grab cream an ice is cream. great. Oh, it's fabulous. But man, I'd just, I'd be as big as the Goodyear blimp if I ate ice cream on a regular basis. We had to get it out of our house because my uh, youngest, who's got a, a thing with food, finding wrappers out in the garage. He sneaks out there and is sitting out there in the garage with a spoon and a thing of ice cream. Wow. Behind a bunch of boxes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I've, I dealt with something similar. Maybe we'll talk about that off the air someday. Um, not me, but uh, an offspring. So, uh, welcome to Joe Clears His Tabs. I have like 700 things I want to talk about, uh, some of which deserve a lot of chat, some of which deserve very little. So, I'm just going to go through them. I'll some keep of- my mouth shut. Zip it. Zip it. Please don't. Getting um, back to the debut of the Andy Griffith Show. Zip it! What's the anniversary today? Take a walk! 
Uh, it was like 1960, the show debuted yeah. on this day. Unbelievable. And Dick what Van Dyke. A, what a beautiful... Oh, my back God! Back-to-back years. That's when television meant something. Huh? Charming, wholesome, people, hilarious. People still said Merry Christmas. Or, what? <laughs> I'm going on a Trump rally three rant. Three channels. <laughs> All of them were great. All of them great. All day long. <laughs> Until Except about they, 11 when they went to test patterns. But, but you know what they did before that? They played the national anthem, Sean. That's right. And they stood up for it. I don't even know At what home? that means. Yes! <laughs> I would stand... First radio job, I did. well, you too. I had we many worked for radio, radio stations. You signed on in the morning because it had been off all night. Yep. Welcome to another broadcast day. That's right. And I signed off at night many, many stations with the uh, national anthem. This is WRVI in the Verdant Springfield signing on at seven. And it would just be dead air yeah. in between. Oh, and yeah. I would sign off at midnight. I'd have my car running in the parking lot, waiting for the national anthem to end because I'm headed to the car to go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and also when you oversleep and that's your job. Oh yeah. Not only does your boss yeah. know it, the entire listening audience oh, yeah. knows it. That happened a couple of times. That was humiliating. All right. Being the morning radio guy in college. Oof. Oh, that's rough, yeah. man. Yeah. And then at one Oof. point he decided, I think we should start at five AM instead of six AM. Oh, you gotta be kidding. What? Yeah. All right. Welcome to Joe Clears His Tabs. First of all, um, I, I I hesitate to get into this because I hate I don't want to be cavalier about it. The issue of are there untrue allegations of rape, sexual assault? Uh, various uh, folks would tell you it's om- it almost never happens. It's two percent. It's a commonly cited statistic. It's been debunked many times, but will live long after I have gone. Um, rape charges dropped in Las Vegas against four California dentists. A uh, woman's accusations, which were absolutely horrifying, um, were completely fabricated, according to prosecutors. Uh, they came across cell phone video, et cetera. She had said she met them in a bar, and they took her to the room and, and raped her repeatedly. Um, uh, just absolutely terrible uh, at the Wynn uh, nightclub, but the prosecutors figured out she made it all up um, for whatever reason. Um, it's crazy people are everywhere, greedy or whatever. There's probably a civil suit in the makings. That does not prove anything about Kavanaugh. Nope. Nothing. Nope. But I thought it was interesting that that was a headline today. Moving along. Usually it's for money. You're either really crazy or it's for money. Um, that that right. happens a lot with athletes and stars and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Uh, somewhat sort of kind of related story. Pizza delivery man goes to deliver a pizza when the woman who was there mouthed the words, help me, to him. I believe she had a uh, a black eye pointed to her black eye. Oh, my said, God. Help, right. Oh, my God. Now, Michael, you're going to have to get over the fact that the pizza delivery driver's name was Joey Grundle. All right? <sighs> okay, I'm over it. It is what it is, said Mr. Grundle. <clears throat> It's kind of scary. Gave him his pizza and noticed behind him was his girlfriend. She pointed to a black eye that was quite visible, as Sean pointed out, because he couldn't sit still and let the host run the show. <laughs> she mouthed the words. It seems like an odd time to dress down the... It does. Hey, kind of co-worker. is. You're right in the middle of a really... Was that, was that a comma or a semicolon before you said that? <laughs> she mouthed the words, call police, said uh, the aforementioned pizza delivery driver. Um, Copper showed up, and yeah, it turns out uh, this this woman's uh, live-in boyfriend was a brute, oh, that's absolute awful. brute, and had been doing terrible things. And thank God he's been apprehended and 
my God, I hope she's all right. But anyway, well, as a good. pizza guy, you'd think this. I got to be careful because obviously this is a violent person. Right, right. Um, and you know, I could get into the specifics, but they're they're, they're terrible. Um, but anyway, good for the pizza driver recognizing uh, somebody who needed help, um, and and doing something about it. Louis C.K. is dropping in and performing at nightclubs in New York, in particular the Comedy Cellar, which I'm told is legendary for the super heavyweights of the game sure. to just drop in and try new material. Which would be so very cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot. Well, it depends who you are and how you live. Uh, I was going to say, uh, to me, in my life right now, there wouldn't be a lot of advantages to living in a giant city. I don't think I'd like it. When For I was younger, me, there yeah, would be zero right now. Right. <laughs> zero. Yeah. Uh, younger, yeah, I, I get it. And, and I love big cities. but uh, Like living downtown in a yeah. big city uh, would be of no help to me right the now. The fact that any Friday or Saturday, or Thursday for that matter, you could flip through the paper and find... A great musical act playing, for instance. Always. That would be cool. Oh, sure. Um, going clubbing. Man, going to music clubs and listening to bands I've never heard of is one of my favorite things. I never do it anymore. But anyway, uh, so Louis C.K. unexpectedly returned to the stage Sunday night at the Comedy set Cellar. That was five weeks after his first un- unannounced appearance. Set off a broad controversy. Controversy among broads? No. Large controversy. Um, and apparently, the long and short of it is some audience members are offended at his very presence there. I think that is so And wish weak. to be warned or, or excused or get their money back. Because comedy clubs regularly have some pretty freaking edgy material. Yes. I mean, really edgy. Yeah. I realize he yanked it in front of people, but whatever. Get up and walk out if you're, if you're appalled by it. What, is he never supposed to work again? I don't understand. Well, right. Or, or leave. But the seller, the comedy seller... Added a disclaimer on tickets. Swim at your own risk, it says with an icon of a swimming figure. We never know who's going to pop in. If an unannounced appearance is not your cup of tea, you're free to leave. Unobtrusively, please. No questions asked. Your check on the house. Have any of those people ever attended a professional uh, sporting event? And any of the people that are performing for them at that event? Yeah. Do you well, walk the, out? It, it's unlikely that I go to a Niners game and they announce while I'm in the seat that they have signed O.J. Simpson to a one-game contract. <laughs> well, but number one, he's very old, Sean. But there are often people on the field that, to my mind, have done something worse than yank it in front but of a I woman. But I knew that when I purchased the ticket. Gotcha. That's true. Uh, but and- I would get up and walk out. I wouldn't, like, cry or... They also mention that a number of comedians have done Louis C.K. bits at the Comedy Cellar. <laughs> How do you not? And he probably thinks that's hilarious, or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Uh, and uh, Including comedian Ten Alejandro, uh, who w- didn't like the audience's reaction, says, what, does a guy have to be convicted of sexual assault to get an extended ovation? He said, do you want to live in a world where a man can't politely ask a colleague if he can take off all his clothes and masturbate to completion? It's, is that where we are as a culture? It's great. It's five minutes. It's oh. like five and a half minutes. It is great. That's funny. And that's very Louis C.K. Yes, it is. I wonder how he. I wonder if he admired that or... That's some world-class sarcasm right there. Yeah. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, coming up, we've got senators now wrangling over whether or not to make the FBI background report on Kavanaugh public once it's released. And we've got Nobel Prizes, this time for chemistry. We live in exciting times. I got a chemistry set. I've been working on it all year long. I didn't win the prize. What? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. third graders made the big leap 
He wanted to go from the sack lunch to the hot lunch at school. He's really enjoying their hot dogs. There are pleasures there, Jack, but there are dangers. The school hot dog really liked it. The school dog is is strong. It's a safe choice. The pizza iffy. It's when you get into various meat dishes that uh, <laughs> you just you just don't know. I haven't had a school hot lunch in many many years, but some of them were. There are a couple that I would eat right now if I had them in front of me. They were so good, but there are some that were hard to choke down. I will never forget as long as I live the chop suey. Oh, at geez. Central School in Westmont, Illinois, where I went to <laughs> elementary school. Marshall, it was not very different in color from your jacket. It was, oh. uh, except it was grayer and greener. Honest to God, wow. it was grayish green. The po- power of decaying skin. Yes, yeah, no it, it was the color of of of, of uh, the dead. The dead rigor mortis. <laughs> oh, of, kind of was a leafy of decay. How'd it taste oh. though? About like you'd think. Okay. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we got active debate going on in the halls of the U.S. Senate about whether to release the FBI background report about Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, a document that could be coming out as early as today. Mitch McConnell. Now, yesterday, NBC was reporting it will, it might come out by midnight tonight. Now I'm it's being reporting it could today. come out as early as three seconds from now. I'm wondering which if is this, technically true. I'm wondering if this is based on anything or not. We'll find out. Mitch McConnell, for one, insists that only senators would be able to see the report. He says that's the way it's always been done. They'll read it as quickly as they can, and uh, but that'll not be used as another reason for delay, I can tell you that. He did not say how long he'd wait to schedule a vote after the report was released. On the other hand, you got several Republicans, including Senator Lindsey Graham, pushing for the public release because they've become concerned that it will be uh, useful in helping to clear Kavanaugh's name. Or, more cynically, they do expect it to leak to the public anyway, and it's safer to have the full thing in view, not just cherry-pick parts that'll boost one side or another. Yeah, right. it's hard to say how uh, how honorable these people are being. So, um, a, a number of people, a number of Democrats are arguing, well, it's, it, it puts out information from private citizens that shouldn't be out there, That's which, wh- is a, which is a perfectly believable stance. Mm-hmm. And Republicans are saying it should be out there to help have transparency. For the system, which is a, a believable stance also. Right. Or one side realizes it's going to help them, and the other side realizes it's going to hurt them, and they're just doing the most cynical thing. So, hard to say which. Meanwhile, you got Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer calling for a slowdown in the whole process. <laughs> really? We are getting report after report of people who call up the FBI hotline, the tips line, and are never called back. I will tell you this. I don't know if you take in media from different sides of the aisle, right. but I try to take in as much as I can from all over. And on MSNBC, their view of it, I mean, on Chris Matthews' show yesterday, they were all laughing at the idea of this FBI report. Just laughing. Like, can you believe anybody is taking this seriously? Really? I mean, it's just so clearly, transparently a phony investigation. It's just, why is anybody even talking about this? Wow, that sounds straight out of Putin's trolls, you know? So uh, they see it as laughable, the, re, the, the constraints, the amount of time, that sort of stuff on the FBI report. We're going to actually talk to somebody who knows a lot about that sort of thing uh, coming up a little later on the show and try to nail that down. Also related, Senator Grassley has sent a letter to the Blasey Ford legal team asking for the therapy notes that the WAPO said they were shown some of. All recordings of polygraphs, all communications Ford had with the Washington Post, etc. Meanwhile, you've got President Trump saying that uh, Kavanaugh's life now is in tatters because of evil people who are going after him and his family. Before leaving the White House, 
President Trump was talking about the new standard. What do you say to young men in America? Well, I say that it's a very scary time for young men in America when you can be uh, guilty of something that you may not be guilty of. This is a very, very, this is a very difficult time. What's happening here has much more to do than even the appointment of a Supreme Court justice. It really does. You could be somebody that was perfect your entire life, and somebody could accuse you of something. Doesn't necessarily have to be a woman, as everybody says, but somebody could accuse you of something, and you're automatically guilty. But in this realm, you are truly guilty until proven innocent. That's one of the very, very bad things that's taking place right now. That to the 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 two things that are bothered the most by this whole thing are the regularly referring to white men as untrustworthy. Just because they're white men, you can't believe them. They can't be in charge of anything. Racism's okay now. And a, and a number of senators talk uh, what the president was just talking about, who are saying you know due process really isn't a thing in this particular case um we have to assume he's guilty and he has to prove he's not which is not the way we've ever done it that troubles me well it troubles me that it's an impossibility you can't prove a negative well that's why we don't have that system right or have it in the past anyway now i know jack you have been following the nobel prize uh, absolutely prizes being handed out this week i got my chemistry set i had a little a strip of litmus paper i was trying to figure out what was a base and what was right. an acid <laughs> Right. Wow, just getting under the deadline. And I, I submitted that to the uh, the Nobel people. And you're waiting by the phone for the call, but I'm afraid uh, you uh, were not among the winners. Two Americans and a Brit are sharing this year's Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Half the million-dollar prize is going to go to Francis Arnold for the Caltech scientist's work on speeding up chemical reactions to benefit pharmaceuticals and producing renewable fuels. You know, I heard this explained, and uh, forgive me, those of you who do know what you're talking about. <laughs> these these scientists, the, the, the one gal in particular, she identified as a useful technique allowing or, or helping to cause random mutations mm-hmm. in uh, life forms and then assessing which one of those would be most useful and more most successful in various applications and suggested how that might be done. So, it's kind of kind of crazy. Now, the other two, fellow... Impressive. Uh, you got the fellow American George Smith and Sir Gregory Winter. They're going to share the other half of the uh, prize for their work with a virus that infects bacteria to produce antibodies that can counteract a number of diseases, including some types of cancer. Awesome. So there's yeah, another, amazing. yeah, yeah. So there's another uh, big move towards, uh, you know, in the battle against uh, cancer. So you got chemistry. That's one yep. category. Jack's kind of got that locked up in terms of the show with his whole acid or base experiments. But <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, economics. I'm still waiting for my buy low, sell high concept to right. to get that prize. You got literature. We could both take a hack at that. Anybody, this this would be the easiest one yeah. if you just want to be a regular person. I mean, it'd still right. be very difficult, but oh, at least how, you could try. How about Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, there you go. Hey, 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 hey. Obama. Everybody calm down. Everybody calm Uh, down. See, there you go. I could have won. Any idiot can win the Nobel Peace Prize. We've gone through, because these are all completely different things. They have different groups of people making the decisions and everything. They're like different different companies, Mm -hmm. practically. Um, And so the Nobel Peace Prize is its own crazy deal. And that the the way to get submitted for it is just... 
laughable. Somebody nominates you. Yeah. Any, pays a $5 and fee. And practically anybody can do that. Right. So, yeah. Then you got physics, which I guess is like atoms and waves and stuff. I'm not very good at that. Uh, yeah, waves. And physiology or medicine. You keep eating like that, you're going to get fat. I mean, that's, that's my big uh, research paper. Yeah, thank you for that. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. If you eat four peanut butter bars, you're going to feel sick and get fatter. I had one out the door, five. I had five oh. yesterday. I oh. ate five peanut butter bars yesterday. You know why? Because they were here. How many peanut butter bars did I intend to eat when I got out of bed in the morning? Nary a one. How many would you have eaten were those not here? Obviously, nary a one. Exactly. But because they were here, and I'm like a, a wolf or something, <laughs> I ate five of them. <laughs> you keep eating like that, you're going to get fat. Signed, Joe. That's worth 1.2 million bucks if they choose me. <laughs> Serious S, man. I actually have some info on various studies. And why so many of them are crap, and how you can end up in the news week after week. Red wine's good for you. Red wine's bad for you. Chocolate's good for your heart. It's bad for your heart. Why does that happen? Well, the New York Times has been looking into that, and it's pretty interesting. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Trips over the uh, footstool, right? That not thing? always. Not always. Right. Sometimes he'll sidestep it, depending uh, on what season you're watching. Yeah, various, I didn't know uh, that. Variations. Yes. Dick Van Dyke Show, which also debuted on this day in the early sixties. Don't make shows like they used to or music. I got a. Nothing's as good as it used to be. Is the oh, absolutely true. Everything's bad and terrible and stupid. It was great back in the old days. You know, I'm working on a new album. I got to throw in boom. And at least More one often. song. Yeah. Uh, Maybe all of them. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my trademark. Every song will end. Boom. <laughs> Do you know about the data dredging? It's a problem in the world of uh, of science. Never heard of it. So this Dr. Wansink, who I've probably mentioned on the air and don't even remember it, but he is one of the rock stars of uh, studies in anything with nutrition and eating. He, um, the New York Times said they went back through their articles and they've, they've, they've quoted him or cited him at least 60 times over wow. the years in various articles about, wow. hey, did you hear this? If you eat more blank, you'll blank. Or if you do this, you'll that. And, you know, the sort of studies that you hear on radio and television mm, about Marshall. Health. And uh, <laughs> it's not Marshall's fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, no, if they're printing it in the New York Times, the failing New York Times. But the New York Times has been on this for quite a while <laughs> on a <laughs> lot of different studies that are out there how crappy they are and um there's this story and another story that are out at the same time on how um there are a lot of people who do research papers who who get published weekly i mean there are thousands and thousands of, of people who do research and get published weekly in various kinds of journals how do you do that much research 
well, you don't do it very well. Nobody reads them. Nobody cites them. They have no impact on anything other other than it helps your career because you've had this many published papers. It helps the university you work at because they've had scientists or professors with this many published papers. The world of academia is weird. The whole world of academia is crazy. I've been learning more about this as my wife writes these recommendation letters for people that are trying to get into really like very very top shelf um uh programs around the country and the and the language that you have to use and the sort of stuff that they're interested in for choosing who gets in it's just it's all so insular and crazy and, it, right it's insular is a great word because it has nothing to do with the real world and the needs of students for instance well to them it is the real world academia it's us and other universities and teachers and 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 other teachers and other professors and right. other people who run departments and it's got nothing to do with the regular world and it's so crazy mm. and it's part of the reason this whole writing papers for 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 publications and journals nobody reads and you get elevated but this particular guy is kind of a, a rock star if you could even be one now he did come up with some ideas you've probably heard of that I'm I'm certain are true um, he, he, he came up with the research that bigger plates make us eat more. Ah, it's one of my faves. Um, stuff it's like true. that. So, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. But, um, they just, uh, they just fired him from his prestigious job and a whole bunch of journals have yanked his papers because they realized he was doing data dredging. The New York Times says that, uh, this is very common and lots of people do it. These, these researchers have figured out that if you come up with something uh, interesting and amazing, it gets way more attention than if it's mundane. Mm-hmm. And so they do this dad dredging where it's, ba- it's basically the opposite of the scientific theory in which you, you, you look at all these different results and you just look at the ones that are the most interesting as, the, as opposed to the ones that are the most likely or the most common. Ah. You pick out the ones that are most interesting and you go with those. You just go with the most interesting ones. This Wansink guy was popular for telling his students or people working on his staff, I want studies that will go viral. I want results that will go viral. And just pushing, coming up, you you choose the outliers almost specifically because they're outliers. Oh, my gosh. And will get people's attention. Wow. And, you, and, you, and, you, and then you just you make up crap around that and write the paper. And that's how you end up with Marshall Phillips walking in and said, a surprising new result says chocolate actually lowers your this or alcohol will raise your that. Or right. contrary to what you may have heard, alcohol does this. Well, you know, they're just wow. they're choosing outlier information. Wow. And all these studies and have been doing it for years. And the New York Times says this is very common. It it gets you it gets you more papers printed. It gets you more time on the the Today Show. Here we have Dr. So-and-so who's got a surprising new study about alcohol and chocolate or Mm. whatever the hell they're talking about or diet. And so much of it is just crap. Can't be the the number of times these things can be replicated in other studies is almost never. Wow. So they're deliberately going for the one study that was probably funky. Right. Or got a weird result. That right. Will that never will get again. people's attention or right. go viral. And that, that get you on the Today Show, get you in the New York Times. Well, you profit in the world of, I, I would imagine. You're well known. You're well known. Yeah, okay. You probably yeah. have a better paying job at a better university. Yeah. You get more of the better students. You get on the Today Show more. You get blah, blah, yeah. all this stuff. That What's that, that fallacy they talk about that? That explains why we're so crazy these days. The notability fallacy, or I can't remember. Uh, the one where the news reports things because they're rare and wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you never hear about it. 
And they report yeah. that sort of thing over and over again till people become convinced that what they ought to fear is the least likely thing to happen to well, them. Well, that's interesting. So that's a result of this very thing. They're choosing... They're, they are related in a couple of different ways. They're choosing yeah. the most surprising stuff. It's surprising because it's not statistically the most likely thing to happen. Um, and and then the news reports it over and over because it is surprising. Right. And then we all start to, to believe it in our minds. One I, more reason for the government to shut down the First Amendment. I picked up on this year. Well, you got to blame the media entirely. I, I think. Blame the media blamers. What they print in some university journal on nutrition that nobody ever reads, why do I freaking care? Right. But the fact that the news will run with this stuff bothers me. And and I picked up on this years ago with a couple of different things that I was into. At the end of any of these stories, Brian Williams would not say, and therefore you should blank. Mm-hmm. They would never say that because that conclusion has not been drawn. Right. And if they haven't come up with a, so you should eat less chocolate, you should drink less, you should, um, uh, you know, you should do this with your babies or anything like that, unless you've drawn a conclusion, then I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just a preliminary study, and it turns out in many cases they're crap. Wow, that's wild. One really caught my attention lately, and that's the whole taking an aspirin a day that a lot of cardiologists and doctors yep. recommend. Should look into that a little more. I don't know if that study was worth a damn oh, or what. By the way, this guy, this Wansink, a lot of the um, nutritional guidelines the government uses of the 80s and 90s, he was behind oh, with boy. some of his fake crap wow. of what we should eat. School Gazillion dollar school programs that we put into oh, our great. school lunches. Thanks, Michelle. Coming up, Joe Russiniello, former FBI agent, former assistant district attorney to talk about background checks and investigations and well, what we're all talking about, the Kavanaugh Is this FBI report a joke, as some people call it, or a thorough investigation? I'd like to nail that down. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.